Welcome to Inside Surgery, a podcast from the European Association for Endoscopic Surgery. Okay, I'd like to welcome Shiraz Marka to the podcast and uh, just get some of his perspective on why the EAS is such an important organisation and just his academic progression within his career and also the wider organisation. So uh, welcome, Shiraz. Yeah. Thank you very much for the invitation. Um, so look, so I think to take take the first question about why EAS is really important, I think, look, I think it's a, it's a society that uh, is very... Um, very much like a family, ultimately, and it fosters growth, I think, in all honesty, and I think they're very keen to foster growth. When I started in the society seven years ago, um, when I was um, perhaps quite young to be joining the society to a committee position, but um, I was felt very supported, and I've really grown as part of that, and I think that's really what they're trying to do here, is they're trying to bring in younger um, surgeons to the society, but but with the aspect of mentorship, which is actually hugely important, um, both in your clinical practice and in your research. So that, that's really where I think the strength of the society really lie, in my opinion, and from my own personal experience, definitely. Great. And you jumped straight into answering without giving your uh, uh, kind of, uh, not so much credentials, but your experience, because I know you actually uh, just received a professorship. So congratulations on that. But also, uh, it's, it's quite early in your career to do that. Can you just talk about your, your progression, really, over the last kind of 10 years and, and how you've achieved that? Yeah, absolutely. So look, I think um, I think however you end up is a reflection of your training and who trained you and who you mentored you. So I was very fortunate to be very well mentored. Um, and I think at different points in my career, I've learned different things from different people. And that's one piece of advice I would give everyone, which is don't try to be like one person. Take a little bit from everyone. And that will make you, uh, at the end of it, I think a, a ultimately a better academic, probably a better person ultimately. Um, the other thing that I would really say is, is that um, I've really, um, uh, at a very young stage, I've always had quite an inquisitive mind. So I've always thought, in actual fact, question your practice, question your, your trainers, question your mentors. If you always ha- are questioning things, your research um, ideas and your ideas for um, your, your clinical practice will come very naturally to you through your career. So um, I think that's been probably the one piece of advice I would give any trainee academic trainee thinking of coming into surgery is just question your practice ask your consultants and ask your attendings why they do what they're doing and then naturally your research will follow yeah it's really interesting and i, I believe your your kind of academic career and also your clinical research and clinical trials has, has given you the opportunity to travel quite extensively and, and and work overseas can you just talk a little bit about that some of the some of the journey you've been on yeah yeah absolutely so i mean yeah i've traveled around um a little bit i think for a uk trainee definitely i spent a year in seattle as a upper jive fellow there um, and then also I uh, worked with Christophe Mariette in France, in Lille, and then more in, on more shorter term visits, visited, you know, other countries around the world like Hong Kong. And I love it. Like, in all honesty, I always try to, if I'm going to a conference, I always try to pair it with a clinical visit to just try to see a hospital. Because the whole point about it is that your mind should be like a sponge. Like, so in reality, at, at, at this stage in your, at my stage in my career, and I think in, when I was younger as well, my mind was very much like a sponge, just trying to pick up little bits and bobs from every place that I went to visit and the um and I would say that you know I was talking to um Salva upstairs and I was saying to him that when when I went to Seville and I watched him do a right hemi and I'm not a colorectal surgeon but it changed the way that I uh, that I that I do that technique now and I talk to my colleagues about it as well and I think that's great like I think that's a real strength of this society is is the is the kind of um um, the cross, I, mean, I don't want to say contamination, but cross-pollination, I would say. I said that earlier. Yeah, okay, fine. <laughs> cross-pollination of, of technique yeah. um, and the discussions that we have, which are really 
nice because it's very open. And that's the strength, in my opinion, of EAS, that it fosters that open discussion. And therefore, when I go to other places and talk to them, I talk to them very openly about my practice and what I want to learn. Um, so I love that. Like now I'm in the Netherlands. I was, I was going to ask, so how are you finding that? So you're, you're, you're based in Oxford in the UK. You have a professorship there and a clinical practice there. But is it a uh, is it is it is it a rotation's the wrong word? What's the word? What have you taken in the Netherlands? Yeah, so I've just taken a, it's taken six months to do a, a robotic fellowship and learn ultimately robotic um, upper GI surgery. Um, but what I would say is is that it's great because they've got a high volume practice in Utrecht and that's primarily where I'm based. But at the same time, I've taken the opportunity to visit Amsterdam, to visit Eindhoven, to visit Nijmegen. And I see different techniques and slightly different things. And I went to Eindhoven, visited a surgeon there, and completely changed the way I think about the anastomosis for the for upper GI surgery now. And, and I think that's how you should be. I think your mind should be a sponge to, and you should be open and receptive to that. There's not one way to do this type of surgery. And, um, and if your mind is open to it, you'll always enjoy the visits. They'll be great. They'll be really fun for you because then you'll start to think about your own practice more. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I guess travel is always invigorating, no matter how you do it. But particularly in a professional capacity, it must be must be really re- rewarding as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, the discussions, the conversations you have with people, meeting trainees in other in other regions as well, is really, um, I think, really exciting. Actually, in all honesty, and you really learn, I think, a lot more from not just senior surgeons at all, but just from trainees as well, and what they do in their practice, what their practice patterns look like, and. You know, with my role in the research committee and setting up the research sandpit, it's been these conversations with younger trainees across Europe, which has allowed me to try to tailor the what we do in the EAS research committee to those trainees. Because ultimately, if you only rely on your own experience in your own clinical practice in your own country, you be, in my opinion, you become a very one-dimensional surgeon. So I know that you've also you, you've had a change in family situation recently, and that you've got young children, but you're also working um, overseas in, in the Netherlands. Yeah homes in the UK um, how do you how do you balance all that because it must be such a challenge to be on this pathway of a- academic progression clinical progression learning taking all this in as well as having a you know a two and a four-year-old yeah absolutely my, my wife is an academic colorectal surgeon so she's very like she's and she's also passed with the society as well she's not um, here today but but she's uh, but she comes um, every year actually so what I would say is is that um, it's a balance, in all honesty, and we we have um, we have regular com- we every three months we set pri- we have a meet we, we sit down and we set priorities for our family and what we want to achieve in the next three months, what she wants to achieve professionally, and what I want to achieve professionally, and those are the honest discussions that we have. Um, and I think what I would say is, is that um, uh, the one thing that I've learnt is that your personal life is your personal life. It doesn't look like anyone else's, um, and it doesn't look like. Um, uh, it has to be very personal to you so therefore you can't rely on your mentors to to talk to you about what their personal life was like at all because yours is completely different and my personal situation is very different to my mentor um so i've definitely had to learn it on my own but it's a conversation that me and my wife have had to have uh, i thought it was quite a funny metaphor you said earlier when you both uh, did a talk on it and uh, yeah. one was quite harmonious and yours was a train crash i believe yeah I was, yeah so we, we had to give a talk for a colorectal society and my wife um talked about um her first few slides were about how wonderful it is with the children and mine were uh, basically slides of a train wreck <laughs> and uh, we, were jo- we were joking about it but you know obviously it's in jest but i think at times it's uh, tough like there's no denying that but but it's very rewarding as well in all, in all honesty I, I really enjoy the fact that you know 
that uh, we have a small family that I can come home and have a difficult day operating. I can talk to my wife about it who, who gets it because she operates as well. So she totally gets it as well. And, and that's kind of our strength, I think, as a couple. So, yeah. Well, Shirs, it's just inspiring hearing you talk and, uh, you know, more power to you. And I, I hope it goes well. Best of luck. Great. Thank you so much for the invitation. Thanks. Cheers. We at Olympus are glad to support this EAS initiative. Reach out to us to get more information on our innovative energy and imaging portfolio. Okay, so I'm back at the EAES Winter Meet and I'm joined by Stefania Marconi from Italy who has a different perspective to take on sustainability uh, based upon her experience and background. So welcome Stefania. Thank you. I'm happy to, to, to join you and to give you uh, some overview of the plan we have for safety and sustainability. Um, could you just tell us your background? Because I believe you're not a clinician, you're here in uh, engineering capacity. Yeah, I'm a biomedical engineer. Uh, I studied in Pavia in Italy and uh, then I, I got my PhD in experimental surgery. So at the medical school uh, that created a very heterogeneous background um, that I apply uh, and I'm applying in running a, a clinical 3D printing laboratory uh, inside the hospital of Pavia, where we are dealing uh, with the production thanks to 3D printing technology of patient specific uh, replicas and uh, uh, also development of uh, new devices. Uh, uh, training systems uh, to uh, provide new instruments for young surgeons to be trained on. That's a fascinating background. So when you come to the EAS meeting, what, what do you hope to gain from, from attending these? Inspiration mainly uh, is amazing how uh, we can discuss together having different backgrounds uh, and uh, bringing different perspectives uh, you know to s trying to solve uh, the major problems that currently uh, surgeons are facing in the hospital so i'm bringing my perspective my background as an engineer but i uh, uh, need to be inspired i need to to, to learn which are the problems uh, so is uh, i think the, the most valuable thing is to network with people that have different backgrounds. That's the most interesting way to, to, to face problems. Yeah, I mean, from a personal perspective, I, I completely agree as, a, as an educationalist by background. It's, uh, you sometimes feel like a fish out of water with all the surgeons, but actually it's just so interesting hearing their perspective and some of the challenges they face and actually where there is kind of cross-sector synergy. Uh, it's, it's really very interesting. So um, I believe your professional interest is also in sustainability. Can you talk a bit about that? Yeah, uh, I uh, started to um, uh, work on the topic of sustainability thanks to uh, a project that Professor Andrea Pietrabissa, the former president of uh, our organization, uh, started back in 2019 in, in Pavia. This project um, was called My OR Goes Green, and the aim is to bring attention into sustainability inside OR. There are so many um, uh, disposable things, uh, materials, that currently goes to the incinerators, but they can be recycled if properly treated. So um, I'm very happy to uh, co-chair with my colleague uh, Manuel Sanchez this uh, task force on safety and sustainability um, with the aim of uh, raising awareness 
on the topic of pollutions inside the OR because hospitals and the ORs in particular contribute a lot with uh, environmental pollution, to the environmental pollution, um, and also to provide uh, possibly uh, guidelines, uh, advices to um, uh, reduce the impact that Oper interventions, operations have on the on the environment, starting from very simple actions that we uh, all we all uh, experience uh, uh, also at home. You know, treating uh, uh, sorting our waste. Sorting our yeah. waste is so. So uh, this could be the first step. Um, I think that EAS can have a, an important role on that. Um, we know that uh, in Europe we may have uh, differences uh, in regulations, so it's important uh, as a first step to, to, to map what's, what is already going on. Maybe we already have different initiatives and uh, uh, different countries may already have insight in, on what is uh, permitted by the regulation and what is not. Uh, and so we uh, hope we can uh, face this problem from a global perspective. I think so often with these debates, um, we can think about um, technical solutions and better systems, but a lot of it is about behaviour change, is about uh, education and getting people to adjust their practices. Do you have an opinion on that? Yeah, uh, we definitely think that education is the basis. Um, we may all have uh, the, the, the willingness of doing something, but we may don't know how to do it. So uh, EAS wants to be the place where people in the hospital can find a solution. So uh, you are a hospital and you want to bring sustainability in your projects, so you want to change things in your hospitals. You may have the willingness to do it, but you don't know where to start. So uh, education programs, uh, guidelines, uh, informative material uh, should, be, should be made available to, to uh, you know, our members to guide their action in these directions. Um, so, Stefania, can you give us some examples of projects that you've run in Italy that have had an impact in terms of sustainability? Yeah, uh, in, in the uh, Mayo Argos Green project in Pavia, uh, for example, one of the first actions we, we um, took in, in place was to um, uh, open, for example, uh, the um, uh, material container of the uh, um, uh, sterile material uh, before the entering of the patient. In this way, uh, those materials, especially plastic material, uh, from a formal point of view, are not not contaminated because the patient were, was not inside the OR. And in this way, that material could be recycled in the common plastic. And in this way, you can save tons of, uh, of plastic material in, in a uh, in, in month. So uh, it's I, I believe you, you had some metrics on that because you weighed it before. Is that right? You, you, yeah, you did a, a control trial. Numbers, but, you know, from a visual point of view, it was impressive to see uh, how many bags of plastic material material were saved from uh, from the incinerator so and this plastic can have a new life because it can go in the common recycling program it's always good to get a kind of concrete case study out of these discussions because sometimes it can feel almost too big a problem to uh, you know broach really and actually to have something actually we, we we looked at this 
we've made a change and it's having a big impact from the get-go is, is, is really positive. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, so I really um, would like to, to, to see many hospitals behaving like this, so implementing, uh, you know, uh, guidelines and actions, concrete actions to, uh, you know, uh, reduce as much as possible the impact that the hospital and especially the ORs have on, on the environment. And what role do you feel industry partners need to take in this process as well? Because it's not just the decisions that are made at hospitals, it's also the way uh, surgical tools are produced and the type of materials in them and so on. Uh, industries must be an active uh, actor in this, in this kind of projects uh, because uh, we, we need to work together in order to, uh, you know, uh, um, uh, kind of force them to implement some actions because they must feel that hospitals... Uh, would prefer, you know, a, a more sustainable uh, product rather than a less sustainable one. Um, they must be involved in the uh, computation of the car- carbon footprint, for example, of their their products. And because that can get very complex, can't it? When you think about the life cycle of a product from uh, production through to delivery to the hospital through to incineration, it's it, it, lots of lots of. Um, different elements to that journey which all have their own carbon impact yeah but uh, i mean from a technical point of view not that much i mean uh, uh, many industries are now getting used in those computations there are you know programs and guidelines to do that so i think that it's just a matter of implementing it uh, but it it is not impossible Uh, many other industries are, are doing that so i don't see the point in not doing that in in, in medical industries. Um, uh, moreover, they should also be uh, more and more involved in uh, trying to, uh, um, for example, uh, getting back instrument uh, in order to reprocess as much as, much as possible uh, the material uh, and save as much as possible wasted from the, the, the incinerator that is... Um, a nonsense for uh, many materials that are uh, disposed during the, the intervention. It's certainly very encouraging that there are um, all these different sectors looking at it and, and, and putting serious effort into um, improvement. Are you optimistic for the future? Do you think there's plenty of improvements that are underway and are going to be happening throughout the medical sector? I'm positive. I'm positive because I see that um, the new generations, uh, uh, not just surgeons, but in general, new generations are really willing to do something uh, uh, from a concrete point of view. So I'm sure that uh, in the forthcoming years, uh, we are going to see a a positive uh, um, evolution, I mean, of our behaviors, because now is... The, 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 common, the, the most common behavior should be paying attention to the environment. While a few years ago, the most you know, common, common way of acting was, I don't care because it's not my problem. But now new generations are forcing uh, us to, to, to pay attention now. So I'm positive for the future, yeah. <laughs> That's great, Stefania. Thanks so much for joining us on Inside Surgery. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thanks for joining Inside Surgery. Please visit our website at eaes.eu for a wealth of resources, information, events and research to support surgeons from across the region.
Juntos, your preferred partner.